Here we go. Welcome to TM3 Impact. Tomas Martinez here. We are starting another amazing episode of TM3 Impact. And today we have Jeremy Jacobs. He is the owner of Float SA Wellness Center. Is that correct? Yeah, we're, we're kind of in the process of rebranding. So it was originally Float, but we're offering more services now. So it's Float Wellness Center. Yeah. Float Wellness Center. I love it. I'm glad you're here, Jeremy. Uh, TM3 Impact is brought to you by by Luxury Home Magazine and Spanish Grove Academy, the best Spanish immersion pre-K in the city of San Antonio. So we're awesome to have those sponsors. And so today, Jeremy, we're just going to dive right in, my friend. I need to know your SA story. So we always start out as, how did you get to SA? Were you born here? How did you get to this amazing city? So I grew up in uh, Odessa, Texas, West Texas, the famous Friday Night Lights city, you know, the, okay. the movie and the TV show book, Friday Night Lights. Odessa, Permian Panthers, all that. I went to the other school, okay. to Odessa High School. And um, I was, a, I was a weird kid. I was a punk rocker. So I had the mohawk and all that kind of stuff. So that wasn't the place for me. So I pretty much got out of there as quick as I could. Um, went to, moved to San Marcos for uh, uh, Southwest at the time. Now yeah. it's Texas State. Yeah. And uh, got my business degree there. Uh, fortunately, they had just started a um, studies and entrepreneurship program. Okay. Uh, and so I, I went through that. That was a pretty good crash course. That's interesting. Uh, I did not know that Texas State had an entrepreneurial course. What year was this? So I graduated in 03. So I was in that program 2002, 2003. So what were they doing? Like at that point, I'm very in intrigued by this because I had no idea that they had this. What were they doing back there? Was it, you know, you were simulating kind of creating your business or creating ideas? Then uh, they had just gotten it started under Dr. Bell and um, it was just one class at the time. I think it's a bigger program now, Okay, but um, it was a... It was a single class where they had local entrepreneurs come in and do talks, but then he also helped us um, develop business plans, and that was kind of the main focus. Okay. Um, obviously, the first step when you're creating a business, trying to get funding, you're um, you know you're putting together a business plan. So that was the main focus. Okay, and it was funny because I actually ended up. Uh, opening the business that no. my group did the business plan for. Really? And uh, I got to know what the business was. You got to tell me. You got to <laughs> tell me. So it was a uh, margarita machine rental business because I was in a college town. And so um, kind of ran across the idea. I bought a few used margarita machines and opened it. Was I think it was called Party Flavors. Okay. And um, that lasted about six months. I decided it was taking up too much time away from school. I was... Uh, I was I was kind of a nerd, so I was really focused on doing well. I I was under the impression that if you you know you get good grades in college, it would actually lead to some kind yeah. of a better paying job, which is totally fake news. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I ended up selling it to somebody. I made a profit off of just opening it and selling it, so that was cool. I didn't lose any money, but 
Um, I'm yeah, curious. Was- I got one question from that. So here you are in school. You create this business plan. You start the actual business, sell it, make money. But I'm curious through that whole process as you're going through it, what was the number one lesson you learned in starting that first business? Because you probably did some stuff younger, but like that, this is probably the, what was the biggest thing you learned in that op- in that you know, time frame? Yeah, I would say you have to have pure focus. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to open a business, I think, uh, I don't remember who I was listening to the other day, but they were talking about how, uh, you got to focus on your main course. Too many entrepreneurs right now are, they're focusing on a lot of side dishes. You know, they'll have a lot of things going and they've, they've got all these different ideas and it was, it was kind of like that with float. You know, I had to have pure focus and pure intent. Otherwise, uh, you're, you're most likely going to struggle and fail. And so that was, I made the decision at the right point. I was like, well, I've either got to do this really well, or I've got to focus on school. And I, I chose to focus on school, but, Smart. uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, get out of school and then what so you, you're at Texas state. And then where did you go? So I, I didn't grow up with money. So I was, uh, you know, I had to take a year off of school at one point and I went and sold cars to, yeah. to try and pay down some debt. So I was, I was pretty much paying my way through school and, uh, you know, my, my folks did what they could, you know, they were, they were helping us out some, but, uh, you know, I still had to, to kind of make my own way. So, uh, I got out of school. I just had to, uh, pay down some debts. I just went and got a, a regular job and got caught in that cycle of just trying to pay bills. And, you know, without a lot of experience, I, I got into sales and eventually did really well with that. And that's where, you know, I was able to put together the money for float. Of course we had to take out a loan, but it was also, you know, they're going to want 20% down. So, right. um, it was about 10 years of just that, just grinding it out. But we were, I was very focused the whole time. You know, I was trying to live within my means, pay off debt. So by the time we opened float, um, you know, we had pretty much all of our debt paid off except for student loans and mortgage, mm-hmm. you know, had the cars paid off, credit card paid down, all that kind of stuff, which is great because you, kn- you don't know exactly what's happened. You can make all your plans, but you know, if we had, if we had a higher overhead at home, we would have really struggled, but yep. we were, we were basically able to live off of my, my wife's income initially. So we didn't have to take too much business, uh, money out of the business, put money back into marketing. And I think that was a huge part of our growth is I was able to limit what we were taking out of the business so that we could be successful. You know, if I was requiring, you know, $7,000 a month paycheck, we, we would have failed really quick. So, so, so was it, uh, at right after college, did you come to San Antonio? Were you doing that working here or was that, um, what year did you come to San Antonio? Did you get here? I got here about Oh five. So I graduated Oh three. I worked some different jobs and then one of those jobs brought me to San Antonio. Ah. Uh, so yeah, I was just here. I sold everything from medical device to water treatment equipment, uh, RVs, all kinds of I stuff. Love I've it. had a crazy weird array of jobs, but yeah. so take all those, take all those sales jobs. Cause uh-huh. right. Cause like as an entrepreneur, I, I, you know, I was a teacher before all of this, right. Yeah. I taught elementary education. So I didn't have any sense when I started luxury Home magazine of like selling. Now everybody that who knew me was like, no, 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 you were selling all the time, Tomas, like, come on. But no, the re- but really like, so you take, if you were to take all those sales jobs, what did you learn the most from that time frame of selling? I think for me, it was, um, 
I don't know that there's day-to-day stuff that I can take away and use in the business. I think for me, it was bigger, like gaining the confidence, mm. you know, like I said, I was, I was the kind of kid that I was, I was, you know, I was, uh, I was different. I didn't grow up with this. I didn't grow up in a home where there was this idea of, um, my dad always encouraged me to, to kind of make my own way, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't necessarily exactly, you know, the same path. So, um, it was kind of, it was more building up confidence and being able to speak to people in a way where you're able to direct the conversation without being pushy. Cause I'm not uh, a pushy person. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of out of my nature to go into sales, but I figured out if you're, if you're kind and you're honest, that will end up working out for you, but yeah. you have to do it in a way where you can also be aggressive enough to, you know, ask for the scale, those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. And so it took, good. Me, it took me a while to find that uh, inside of me, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Okay. So we get to a point, you start paying down debt and you decide... I want to start a float center. So like for most people, for, listen, I've floated before and I, and I love it. It's yeah. like the best thing. And, and I talk, I've, I've talked a lot about it with my friends, but I want, where did you have your first float experience yeah. that even led to the idea of starting mm-hmm. it? So I, I basically, I heard about floating through Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Joe Rogan's podcast is, is, it's funny. It's like one guy almost almost single-handedly created this, um, we call it, it's actually called the third wave of flotation therapy. Like the floating has been around since the, um, late fifties, early sixties, the guy, John Lilly that invented it basically. Um, you know, it, it just kind of existed in the laboratory for a long time. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it actually got really popular in the eighties. Uh, you know, Robin Williams floated even, uh, John Lilly, uh, jo- John Lilly, John Lennon um, credits the float tank uh, for helping him kick heroin. Uh, there's a famous huh. quote of him talking about that. So it got really popular in the 80s, and then it almost completely died out. There were a few float centers around back then, and then it uh, it went through a lull. And then I guess probably around 2005, mm-hmm. it started to started to build. And then yeah, Joe Rogan starts talking about it on his podcast, and all of a sudden you've got this explosion where on the athletic side athletes are starting to use it navy seals are using float Mm -hmm. tanks all these different things came together and so now we've had this um third wave of uh float centers i think we went from like 50 in the united states to probably close to 500 now in a period of 10 years so um yeah and it's it's interesting to see that i've been kind of you know i've been in the industry you know we had the initial idea uh back in uh 2014 okay no, 2013. Yeah, I heard the podcast and my wife and I, we drove up to Austin. There weren't any float centers True. in San Antonio. Yep. And so she has no idea what we're doing. She's just kind of going along with it. And uh, we go to this this float center, which was kind of a spa, but it was in a house. And so... It sounds like Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you come into our place, it's this beautiful spa, but, you know, we go into this this house and we're trying to figure out if we're in the right place because we're, we're expecting, you know, like something in a strip center, but then you, we're, in, we're driving through this neighborhood. And so you go in and they're doing massage on the ground floor and then you have to go upstairs 
into a bedroom for the float tank. And they had a float tank on the second floor yeah. of a house? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And you have to, uh, you actually go down the hall. There's just like a beaded curtain for privacy at the top of the stairs and you go down the hall and you go into this like residential bathroom, which was not renovated at all to be commercial. It just right. looked like a, you know, a small bathroom in a, uh, off of a bedroom uh, to shower off. And then you walk back down the hall to get in your float tank. So, and, but I, we didn't know anybody. It was our first time floating. And you know, those, those folks do a great job there. They're still there. Yeah. And um, so I floated and my wife floated. And um, it was really funny because she was just kind of going along for she the ride. Had, did you even tell her what you were doing what, like what this was like I, I kind of tried to describe it to her but but you can't that's true you can't, I got you. yeah I got it's you. just kind of like she's like well we're floating in water what is, I don't yeah. understand yeah and so it's funny because I I she's pretty chill and I'm super hyperactive mind probably like ADD somewhere in there and uh so I I struggled a little bit my first float and she just got shot out to outer space so she comes Her out first float yeah and she wow. just she she can barely walk she just like she actually thought she she fell into the float really easy you know because you you go into this super deep relaxed state yeah but depending on where you're starting out mentally it's either yeah. really really easy to drop into that super relaxed state or some of us take two or three float sessions True. Yeah. and so she dropped into it really easy and she literally thought she was just like floating through a rainforest like she got sent off to a whole other world which it's it's fun working at a float center because we get to hear these stories yeah. uh, about people the visions that they see in there there's all kinds of cool stuff that can happen yeah. in a float tank so she comes out and she's super excited i'm like I didn't quite get there, but I can see how it could be saw the a, potential. a great tool. Yeah. yeah. So just so people understand this, so this is a tank right here. So it just explain basically the, if you were like talking to someone at a bar, they're like, Hey man, you own a, what a float yeah. tank? Like yeah, I have my, give the basic idea of this. I might like float tank elevator pitch yeah. description down because it's, it's, it's a really difficult concept to get across all of the ideas that's happening. But the, the number one main thing is it's not regular water. So people right. are just like, why would I pay to float in water? The, the solution is super saturated with Epsom salt. Okay. So, um, and Epsom salt's not actually a salt. That's the other funny thing is it's a mineral. It's a totally natural thing that's mined out of the ground. And, um, Epsom salt is magnesium sulfate. And okay. I'll explain why that's important. But either way, we, we make the water so dense, like that tank takes 1200 pounds of Epsom salt to make you buoyant. Wow. So we're looking for a density greater than the Dead Sea. So when you create that, you can lay back on the water and you float without any effort. You're like a cork. You just yeah. pop to the top of the water. And then we heat the solution and the air to the exact temperature of your skin, which is really important because this was, we call it floating because we're kind of, as an industry, kind of mm. trying to rebrand it in the past. And what Rogan talks about it is sensory deprivation, right? which is an important idea because what we're trying to do is remove all external stimulus to the body. Mm -hmm. um, so on top of you, you being completely buoyant, you're kind of escaping gravity. The water being the same temperature as your skin, you you actually kind of lose the sensation of the water at some point. Yeah. And so now we've taken away tactile uh, stimulation. Um, and then our tanks start out with lights and music just to kind of help you settle in. But the music will fade out. And when you're ready, you click the lights off. And now we've created an environment where there is practically zero stimulation coming into the body. And the end result is that 
we're able to shut off the amygdala. So the part of our brain, you know, you hear about fight or flight. Uh, we are, as a society, overstimulated at yes. this time. You know, we've got cell phones, social media, billboards, radio, all of this stimulus coming at us. And so to go into a place where there is practically no stimulus at all is incredibly healing and um they're, they've done some amazing research recently where they're seeing it's a great tool to manage stress, anxiety, all those kind of things. So um, so you get all of these benefits mentally, but then also physically, the Epsom salt, again, it's magnesium sulfate. Um, it's, it's relatively understood in the industry that you're absorbing magnesium mm. from the water, um, which is used in 365 metabolic processes. So it's a really important mineral in our body, but 68% of people are deficient in magnesium. Mm. Uh, there's some people in the industry that feel like we need more research to understand that aspect of it, but mm. um, that, that seems to be one of, the, one of the things that's working in the float tank. So yeah. you've got kind of the mental and physical benefits that you yeah. get fun of. Okay. So I'll, I'll break in here. So I had my first float, it was last year and, um, I got hooked. Like I absolutely loved it. And my, my first float was a little awkward. Cause it's like, I, what, what do I do with my hands? I didn't know. I didn't know where to put my hands when you're floating, <laughs> when you're floating yeah. there. Second float, I got a clue and I figured out a couple of cool spots. I started using the little pillow, that little right. thing, which I loved cause I didn't know what it was. Um, but then I got into this rhythm where I really enjoyed it. But I, I, I but I, as I think one of the things is, is there's do's and don'ts, right? And it, the cool thing is that a great center is going to explain that to you. But so now that we know about the tank and I love you sharing that, I love this. So now you have your first experience and then you go, Hey babe, let's open up a business. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, these tanks aren't cheap, you know, to get something like this. So where did the transformation go from there to now let's open one? Well, we were, we were in a process of we wanted to open a business. And so we were kind of like looking at different ideas. You know, I've, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, you know, I was, I think I was 12 and I was selling candy in the classroom to other kids. And, um, and then I had my lawn business when I was, when I got a little bit older, I was going out and mowing lawns and, um, other things. So I've, I've always been of that mindset. Um, and I was, you know, the whole idea we were, before we knew about floating, we were already, like I said, laying the groundwork, trying to pay off debt, saving up as much cash as we could. So we were kind of looking and I heard about this concept. And then of course I realized there's not a float center in San Antonio. I'm hearing about it. And I'm like, that was already like, before I even floated, there was already that like little seed planted mm -hmm. in my brain. You know, you're always looking at, you know, where's their opportunity when you're right. an entrepreneur. So I was like, obviously I need to experience this and understand it before we do anything. So then, you know, we, we drive up there. So on the car ride back, I was like, we need one of these in San Antonio. And she's like, yeah, let's, you know, we were both all in after that first. Well, after uh, her outer space ride, she's all in. Yeah. She, <laughs> it, was, it was great because yeah, if, if she, if she had not enjoyed it, then that, that would have been a big struggle, right. but she loved it. So yeah, she was all in from that moment. I mean, she was talking about like, we either need to make enough money where we can have one of these things in our house or we need to open a float center in I San Antonio. It. So I love it. yeah. And I'm, I'm super fortunate. My wife's amazing. She's, she, we talked about it early on. We, we 
got married really fast. We dated for like five months and then got married. Love it. Uh, we're about to hit our seven, seven year anniversary. So it's, it's been great, but she's always been amazingly supportive. Yeah. And I, I think I'm really fortunate for that. Cause I know that's a struggle for a lot of people where if, if your spouse isn't all in on your concept, then that's going to create a lot of yeah. friction at home and in that business. So, um, she's always, and she, you know, she's been, you know, at times when we first started, she's working five days a week and then coming and working in the float center on the weekend. So, uh, she's amazing. Yep. But, um, uh, yeah. So then we, you know, I started doing more research cause my, my other, uh, concern initially after experiencing it was, is this a fad? Is this something that's going to come and go? Yeah. Or does it provide real benefit to people to where they're going to continue to come back because of what it's doing for them? Right. And that was an important distinction for me because you see, especially in the spa industry, you'll see certain trends come and go, mm -hmm. weight loss, things come and go. And so uh, I started digging into the research and I found there were some really great um, studies done on flotation therapy in the 80s. And then there's some modern studies that are even better. And it showed that there's like there's a huge benefit for stress relief, mm -hmm. anxiety, muscle recovery, all kinds of different things. So I was like, OK, this is this is legit. Like we can we can do this and it's going to be a sustainable business. Right. Right. So how long did that take that research? We talking is this? you know, a couple of months or we like a year? That initial part before I decided, you know, I'm, I'm very much like, I'm going to decide something. I'm going to go all in and I'm going to, mm. I'm going to, I'm very stubborn, yeah. but in, in it, it's good and bad, you know? Yeah. And so once we decided, uh, we, you know, we decided we had to obviously put together a business plan. So I would say that whole, uh, business plan phase was a good six months. Okay. You yeah. know, and we're both working, um, full-time jobs at the time. So, yeah. um, I, I also started working with, uh, score, okay. uh, which is a nonprofit, um, you know, they've got a, uh, a group here in San Antonio, but they're all over the country. Mm -hmm. They basically provide free entrepreneur mentorship. Um, and the, the, the folks that do this are generally retired professionals. And I can't say enough. I mean, I got super lucky. My mentor, uh, Chris Hughes, is this amazing guy. You know, he, he worked in um, as, a, as a CEO for big businesses, um, and he's retired. And, and so I started meeting with him. Uh, weekly or every two weeks, and he was helping me with my business plan. And I totally actually, free. Yeah, it's totally free. It's an oh amazing program. Yeah, I mean, we need to put a li link out for that. That's awesome. I'm blown away at how many resources there are in San Antonio that are not being utilized by entrepreneurs. So we've got Score, mm -hmm. we've got the SBA, which does yep. free classes. We've got the uh, SBDC, Small Business Development Center at UTSA. Yep. yep. Um, and then there's a few other new organizations. Um, Maestro, um, yes. which focuses on assisting minorities and women. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, there's Lift Fund. There's yeah. all kinds of different tools. And I'll go to some of these classes. I went to a class. Uh, I think it was free. It was down at the main library. And I can't remember if it was SCORE or SBA that put it on. But they've got this gentleman speaking who 
does consulting for major companies and he charges hundreds of dollars an hour. He's doing this class for free, yeah. uh, you know, as, as t- to support these organizations. It was me and one other person at this, at this event. Only two people. And, and she left. And so it was just me. So I got a one-on-one with this guy oh for an hour goodness. to talk directly about my business, which would have cost me, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And so there's, there's all these tools and I know every city's probably got different organizations, but SBA score will generally be um in in most major cities i I think it's real important at this point uh to we have entrepreneurs we have realtors we have you know different people that listen but i I think it's real important for people to understand that if you truly want to run a business if you truly want to be an entrepreneur one of the biggest pieces, and you could talk to this, is you got to educate yourself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I got my degree in business management, but honestly, that, you know, 10 years later isn't helping me a, a lot. I'm sure there's a foundation in there somewhere with, you know, you take accounting classes and marketing and this, this, and that. I'm sure there was some of that knowledge left, but, you know, I've continued to read some different books, but probably the most useful is that, you know, all of these tools that are available here, you have to be humble. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's people that have done these things before. So I also went out and I called float centers, you know, I, Uh, I called around and I was like, how did you pick your location? Yeah. And that's why we chose, you know, if you go to our center, it's, it's not in a fancy strip center. It's actually, it's, you know, it's in a part of town that isn't, it's not a bad part of town, but it's not something that where you would find a high end spa. Right. But when I spoke to people that actually run float centers, they said, keep your overhead low. Cause it's mm. going to take you a while to build up your business. And this is a destination business. People will drive. I get people that drive in from Corpus cause there's no float centers in South Texas. Wow. And so I get people driving from all over the city, different areas to come to a spot. You're not going to be in a, you know, highly visible area. You're going to, you're going to pay the rent to be in a highly visible area, but that's not going to draw people into floats. Right. People aren't going to see my float sign, you know, on 410 and decide to walk into my business. So you have to spend money where it's going to, to help you be successful. So, um, you know, and that's, that was kind of, I think one of the, the best things that we did was, was the research ahead of time. Yeah. And, and you and I talked about this a little bit. There's certain times, certain types of businesses where you need to move quickly. Yeah. Um, and I know maybe in, in the technology industry right now, things are happening really fast and maybe you do need to get your idea out there and you need to start beta testing and all that kind of stuff to, to see what's working. But mm. for this, I, I knew that it was going to be a huge financial investment because we have to build out the center. We have to soundproof the tank rooms. The equipment's really expensive. So I knew, and, and like I said, I didn't come from money, so we, we couldn't make any mistakes up front. So yeah. I spent a lot of time writing the business plan. I spoke to people that manufactured float tanks. I, po- I spoke to people that run float centers. You know, I was on a Facebook group for people that, uh, that run centers, and I'm there asking questions. I've got mentors you know, score, I'm meeting with them every single week to make sure I'm thinking of everything possible. And so putting in that work ahead of time, if you're going into a business that you don't currently work in, you need to understand every single facet of that business before you start. You know, it's like, if you're, if you've, if you're going to open a bar and you've never worked in a bar, then you need to figure that out. You either need to go work in that industry or you need to really sit down and understand everything about supplies and ordering and managing and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, otherwise, you're gonna, you could possibly make mistakes up front that you're going to have to live with the life of your business. So, right. Or, or like most businesses, what do they say? It's like, at, at, you know, 9.5 out of 10 fail, right? So you, you're, you, you, you speed up the process to your own failure. Now, you said this on the phone that I thought was really interesting, is that from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you kind of were like looking at this as a ready, aim, fire. Explain that, uh, you know, for people, you know, as we were, you know, we were talking, I love that, that, that idea. Yeah. So, so at certain times people will, you know, they'll, they'll do it a little bit out of order. They'll ready, fire, aim. And I've, I've actually heard in the, in, I don't remember who it was. It was either in a book or in a podcast. Those get all blurred together yeah. for me. But somebody was saying that like, sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes you just need to go for it. And that's true uh, for entrepreneurship. If you just sit around and and I did this for a while, you know, I had lots of ideas and I never pulled the trigger and sometimes you'll never feel ready. Mm. But at the same time, you know, depending on the industry, like I said, with the, with the investment that we had to make, we really had to make sure that we were doing everything correctly because, um, we're creating an experience and it's really difficult to provide sensory deprivation. It mm. seems like a, a simple concept, but if you want to soundproof a room properly, you have to build in, you have to build the walls a certain way. And mm. if you want to provide a ambiance that people are going to feel comfortable in, you have to spend time really thinking about the way things flow. I mean, mm. we, we had meeting after meeting hours of just talking about lighting because mm. When, when somebody comes into our center, it's bright and open and big and we're smiling and it's this, it's that first impression. But then when you come back, we're going to start to lower the lights and we're going to actually lower the volume of our voice. So we're going to speak slower because we're helping you. Uh, we're preparing you to go into a place where you're going to be quiet and calm. And right. so that doesn't happen right away. So I even floated at a, a float center in Austin, Texas called uh, Zero Gravity Institute. Oh, yeah. And the owner there became our, our mentor as well because they 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 created this process. And I was able to you know, speak with them and understand, like, what are all the elements that go into really creating a full experience? Like most float centers, you just go back to the tank room. They say, here's your tank. You shower off, you get in, and they'll just leave you to do that. Yeah. What we do is you you come in, you know, we greet you by name. We take you back to a locker room. You put on a nice, comfortable robe. We've got your name on the locker. And so you're already feeling special. Mm -hmm. You know, you're leaving those work clothes off in a locker, which I think is important. Uh, you know, you want to leave behind whatever it is that's that, that you're trying to get away from. Yep. And then you're going to go to a massage chair. You're going to get 15 minutes in a massage chair is complimentary so that you have a chance to clear your head and decompress. Because most of the time they're either coming out of traffic, mm -hmm. they're just leaving work. People have daily lives. They have screaming kids and all that stuff. So if you're going directly into a float tank, you're going to spend half of your hour or 90 minutes decompressing. So we're going to help you do that ahead of time. Mm. And so you get the massage chair and then we take you back to your tank room. We have a very thorough explanation, which has evolved a lot since we opened where we describe everything that you might have a concern about. And then we let you have your float session and we have a place where you can have tea. We actually have an art gallery uh, that features local artists to make it really interesting when you're relaxing afterwards. Mm -hmm. So the point of all that is we did a, a ton of research to create this experience and build our center and do all these things 
so that we knew that it was going to be amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, last year, uh, we won, uh, best place to get pampered in the San Antonio current and nice. best med spa. Um, you know, you look at the reviews and we've been extremely successful, but I, th I think a lot of that goes back to laying the groundwork and making sure that we're providing an amazing experience. I love that. And so, okay. So you, 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 it'll be two years. Are y'all celebrating we, we, two years? We just had our two-year anniversary yeah. in November, so we're a little That's, Congratulations. That's you. awesome. So now that you've you've run the business for uh, two years, and for entrepreneurs out there, um, I think, and I talk about this, I had um, uh, Ben um, Hubbard from uh, Champion AC Lead Hub. Uh, he was here uh, uh, two weeks ago. And I think there's this, there's this idea, and it's almost like this... Um, I don't know, like, the, you know, people get the rose colored glasses like, well, you know, in year two, you know, it should be easier, right? It should be easy, right? And so even though you celebrated two years, I think it's important that entrepreneurs need to understand, and this is the question, is that, you know, um, yes, there are things that do become easy, but it's still tough. And talk to that idea of running a business is still tough even at year two. Yes. Uh, the, the challenges just change. You've got different, you know, for me, it's been a different focus. You know, initially it was, let's create these systems, you know, cause this, this isn't a, a franchise. Let's, let's create these systems so that there are fewer things that I have to concern myself with during the day. So I would yeah. say that was our first year, you know, creating an employee handbook and, um, creating procedures so that, our employees know exactly what they're supposed to be doing at all times during the day. And yeah. that's of course always a struggle. You know, we talked yep. about that a little bit employees. I've got, I've actually been pretty blessed. I've got some amazing people, uh, you know, a few that have been with us since the very beginning and a few wow. that have been with us for a little over a year that, um, have allowed me to step away from some of those roles. And so my focus has really changed. You know, I was in the business a lot, you know, I was, you know, working a lot of shifts, doing different things. But something that we also did is I, um, the very first meeting I had with Chris Hughes at SCORE was, uh, he told me to read uh, The E-Myth. That's a great book. And that is probably one of the most important things, important, probably the most important information mm -hmm. that I received um, before opening my business because it really changed my focus. Yep. You know, because I am, I'm a hard worker. I've been working since I was, you know, 12 years old. I, you know, I've had some dirty, grimy jobs. I don't mind putting in work and, and doing the dirty work, but with, with entrepreneurship, you, you have to create your own success. And the idea behind the E-Myth is you, one, you want to do what you enjoy or what you love about your business. Mm -hmm. And also you need to run your business from the beginning, the way that you visualize it being t 10 years down the road. Right. And so um, I know a lot of people that run float centers that just do everything themselves, but you can get stuck in a pattern of, I'm gonna clean all the tank rooms, I'm gonna greet every person. That doesn't leave you a lot of time and space for growth. Right. And so my folks initially is I'm, I'm gonna, Put, put us out there and, and hire employees, even though it may stretch the, you know, the payroll might stretch um, 
our, our cash a little bit, but allow myself room to go out and do events and market and do all the things that are going to allow us to grow and be successful. So I created a lot of space for myself to do that. And, um, once, once we got that ball rolling yeah. where we were really putting more money into marketing and I was, I was a little bit too gun shy up front, honestly, I, yeah. I should have invested a little bit more, um, on the marketing piece yeah, on marketing. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But once I saw, you know, if I put X number of dollars in, I'm getting this, these customers back. And, and once I felt comfortable doing those things myself, you know, Facebook marketing, Facebook marketing, Google, all those type of things, we really started to grow. So, um, uh, this last year, um, we grew 40% from 2017 to 2018. Congratulations. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, thank you. What do you uh, think was the number one reason? Why did you grow by 40%? Marketing. Marketing. Marketing, for sure. Marketing in terms of dollars spent or actually being able to leave the center and go like face-to-face -face meet people. I, I didn't get to do as much of that as I'd like. We've okay. really struggled with, like, we've got a, a really great core group of employees, but... I have really struggled to find the last few pieces uh, to where I'm not on the schedule for any yep. any uh, time. So I'm I'm still working in the float center okay. more than I would like to. We're just having it. I'm very very particular about the experience that we provide. So yep. for the person that that greets you and walks you through that experience, they they have to love floating. They have to be really kind and they have to be concerned about every single customer is coming in there to, to work on something, mm -hmm. you know, you know, that we get, we get veterans with PTSD that we're helping try to move past that trauma, mm. you know, that's really, really important work. And we've, we've been very successful and it's been probably the most rewarding thing that's happened at float is seeing that, that change for people. But then also, you know, you get the soccer mom then that's there to, to pamper herself. Maybe she needs to see that kindness for a different reason. Mm. But you have to look at every single person as they're there to heal from something. And, and you have to be in a place where you can provide that care every single time. And so I'm very particular about the people that we have work those positions and even the cleaning. Like it's extremely important for our place to be just uh, pristine all yep. of the time. And I will not let that slip. So yeah. I'll, I'll be there doing it myself if that's what it takes. But I'm my real goal is to have systems in place and the right people to where I don't have to. Like yep. this place runs like a clock, whether I'm there or not. And yep. we're 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 basically there. It's just finding those last few people that can help us. I love do that. that. But um, I so I wasn't this last year. I wasn't able to get out and do as many events as I would like. But I was. I started working from home. I get distracted really easy, and when I'm in the business, I'm I'm helping out, answering phones. I'm and so mm -hmm. I get really distracted. So I started working at home more and, and just sitting down, and really focusing on our Facebook marketing, Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, Google, even trying out different things. We tried out Snapchat, uh, mm -hmm. Pinterest, all kinds of different things. Working on the website, I built our website and trying to optimize that money that was spent. So I think that what allowed us to be successful last year was yes, putting more dollars into it, but mm. also trying tracking and making sure that those dollars are being spent. Well, there you go. Uh, and we look at, I'm able to, to, you know, we've got landing pages and we've got analytics about our website, but I'm also looking at each, each new client has to fill out a waiver and we ask them, how did you hear about us and why are you here right. so that we can continue to improve? And 
Um, so I'm tracking feet in the door for, yeah. for our business. You know, we can get a ton of, you know, Snapchat got to say ton of hits on our website. Hmm. It got very few feet in the door. So I, I pulled out of that and yeah. Facebook has worked pretty well. It's been a struggle the last uh, 12 to 18 months because of the way their algorithm right. is constantly changing. But um, we we're constantly looking at, okay, when we're spending money on this, is this actually translating into business? Because otherwise it doesn't matter. I don't care right. about website traffic. Right. I care about new clients coming in the door to experience yeah. what we offer. Right. That's interesting. I love that. So a little bit of money in, but tracking, tracking, tracking. The ROI is mm -hmm. critical. Absolutely. It's ROI. So now you've you've had your business two years. You know, you're sitting here. You had your first float back in 2013. It's 2019. You're going into your third year. If, if an entrepreneur were sitting in front of you and just they're like, okay, man, like, how did you do it? Yeah. Like, what's the secret? You know, they all want the secret mm -hmm. sauce, right? All the millennials want the secret, they want the pill that's going to give them the business so that they could go on Instagram and in, in front or whatever. <laughs> right. But what do you like? What would you tell that entrepreneur right now? Yeah. Like, listen, let me just give me one minute. I need to tell you this. Go. Grit is a huge part of that. Okay. Because we, we had our struggles. Like it was, it was not easy, especially being uh, in a place where we were both working full time, it took us, you know, if you look at that timeline, it did take us three years to actually get open. Mm. Yeah, you know, we had, you know, it was funny. I, I thought the hardest part was going to get the money is yeah. we, we spent six to nine months, somewhere around there, writing the business plan. That business plan was awesome. Okay. I, I'm honestly, I have to say it was really good. Yeah. So the first bank we went to, we got approved for our loan Whoa! for all the money that we wanted. You wow. know, we, like I said, we had to put a big, big chunk of change down right. uh, to secure that loan. But I was like, okay. And I had this idea in my head. Now that's the hard part. Now yeah. it's just, we got money. So we're just, it's just going to go from here. That's well, funny. you're, there's always going to be some sort of an obstacle. Right. And it's funny. And like I said, I, I hear from these folks that are opening float centers and it's, it runs in different places. Some people have a really hard time getting funding and then everything else runs smooth. Yeah. Uh, we ran into a, a really weird obstacle, um, uh, actually finding a location. Mm. Um, and it turned out our, our real estate broker was sleazy mm. and he, he was negotiating terms to benefit himself and not uh. us. So we, uh, we actually took a serious look at about eight or nine different locations mm -hmm. and they all kept falling through. And, um, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't actually worked, uh, a brick and mortar deal. You know, I'd had some right. small businesses. It was always, always out of the house or something like that. So I didn't know commercial real estate. And that's, again, that's where I should have educated myself a little bit more. But, um, this guy came recommended to us from another business owner. So I kind of mm. trusted him a little too much going yeah. in. And I finally figured out after about a year oh. of working with this guy, that he was the reason that all these deals were falling through. Uh -huh. He was kind of whispering in our ear, well, you're a new business. Um, it's a new concept. So these landlords aren't comfortable, uh. you know, this is that turns out he was trying to get these longer contracts with him getting a higher percentage. All and they didn't different. want to agree. Right. You know, there were right. bad terms. But he was blaming you. <laughs> yeah. And he was telling us it was me. So I'm sitting here thinking, well, I guess just the landlords are being really cautious right now. And, you know, uh, 
we ended up and I, I won't get into the other stuff, but so eventually I figured out what he was doing. Yeah. I negotiated the deal for the place that we're currently at. And it's, it's probably the, for the best. Cause I, mm. I love where we're at. Yeah. It was a really great deal. I ended up just negotiating it myself. Um, and it worked out, but that was the hurdle that we had to figure out. You know, we right. lost here. The great thing is, you know, you always want to be working. You know, we were building the groundwork for what allowed us to be successful later. And what mm. I mean by that is we were, you know, we got our Facebook page going. Uh, we started building followers. We started building an email list. We were going out and doing mm-hmm. events. And I think that's really important. If you're, if you know you're opening this business, Get yourself out there as early as you can. Uh, you know, social media is a huge part of yeah. every business now. Yep. And it's, it is a snowball effect. You know, that snowball is going to be really small at first. It's going to be your family and friends that you ask to like your business page. Yeah. And then you've got to add followers and likes and all that stuff. And it's going to move really slow. You know, that going from 600 followers to 800 probably took us, you know, three or four months. Right. And then you just keep growing it from there. But it's again, it's a snowball. So you have to start that early. So by the time you actually open your business, you've got enough followers for that to be effective. So we we started doing that early on prior to ever opening the doors. Two years before we were open. Wow. And so you didn't even have a building. Right. We didn't know where we were going to be, but we, uh, the first thing we figured out was the name and yeah. the branding. I yeah. knew that, you know, that we were throwing around this concept that, you know, down the road, we may have multiple locations. We might decide to franchise who knows. So, yeah. um, it's really important to have really consistent branding marketing up front. So we got the name and everything sorted out. And then we started, yeah, we just started pushing all that. Cause we didn't know how yeah. quickly it was going to, it was going to move. And it was really fortunate because that two years of social media and gathering emails and all that kind of stuff, we jumped off and we were doing 300 floats a month out the gate. Yeah. That's impressive. It's, it's rare in this industry. I realize now, but I see people opening their center and then starting their marketing. I'm like, well, where do you think the first people are coming from? Yeah. The the sign doesn't do it. Yeah. Because people don't truly understand. And that's what I'm, I'm hoping that with this particular podcast, that people will, number one, understand what floating is, understand it a little better, which I think you did a great job describing it. But also for entrepreneurs to understand is that, look, get out in front and start beginning the process of marketing what you want to do. I love Mm -hmm. that. So you have a millennial here, they're starting a business, it's grit. Right. Yeah. But the pre-marketing is really important. It sounds like. Right. I love that. And you need to you need to love what you do because it's going to get really hard at some point. Like I said, you're always going to have obstacles along the way. Yeah. Do something that you you are passionate about to the point where because I I'll tell you like it was around the seventh or eighth location around a year in where I was sitting there like, maybe this isn't going to happen. I was, I was really, oh, wow. I was extremely frustrated because, you know, sitting, we're sitting here, we've got this loan. I don't know when that's going to go away. True. You know, and I'm just sitting here, I'm ready to get this going. I'm excited. I'm passionate and I just can't make it happen. And I didn't, yeah. I couldn't see the yeah. obstacle in front of me. So, um, and I, I almost wanted to give up, you know, I was talking to my wife and I was just really frustrated. I was angry yeah. and I was like, I was like, I don't know if this is going to, if this is going to happen. Right. And it was funny. There was, uh, I was listening to Gary V and he said, he said something that really stuck with me because I've always seen myself as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, just it, like, I, like I said, I've had small business stuff before, but he said, you know, if you don't actually do it, 
then you're, you're not an entrepreneur. And right. so I had this idea of who I, it was part of who I am, you know, yeah. it still is, it's part of my personality. It's, and you, you know, you see yourself as yeah. this, as this person or as this thing. So I see myself as an entrepreneur, you know, and all of the ideas for me, it was never about money. It was about creating something. Yeah. And so you see yourself as this person, but he was like, you're not that like, and he, he talks about, you know, you had the idea for Uber. It doesn't yeah. matter. You didn't create Uber. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I'm, I'm nobody in, you know, in my head, you know, until I actually do this. So yeah. I heard that and I was like, I just, I gotta like grit my teeth and make this happen somehow. And so, um, you know, fortunately with my background, I had that stick to or whatever you want to call it to, to force it to happen. Sometimes you just have to force it to happen and, yeah. and it's going to be, incredibly difficult and then you're going to get open and you're going to have all these other trials you know like there's nobody coming in to fix my equipment you know i had to mm. learn how to repair a uv light system oh, and wow. you know uh take apart a, a motor that runs the pump for our tanks you know i wear a hundred different hats between manager business owner marketer yeah. tank repairman salt <laughs> cleaner you know all of that kind of stuff and so that's why I say you've got to love what you do because it's going to get really, really hard. And if you don't love it, you're just going to hate your life. Yeah. 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 And it's going to drive you crazy. Yeah. yeah I get that. Okay, my man. Well, listen, I, I've got two more questions. Okay. Okay. Um, one of them is the, the, the lucky number that you picked. These are the, 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 those are the 10 questions, right? That we're going to save that one, uh, for the last question. Um, but this comes from tools of Titans. Uh, uh -huh. this is Steve, uh, excuse me, Steve, uh, Tim Ferriss. He wrote this book and he basically came up with 11 questions. And I typically ask at least one question to every guest because I, I really like the book and I love the questions. They're very thought provoking. So this question is, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior or habit has most improved your life? And for me, what I'll tell you is, 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 is on my side, I think for the biggest thing in the last five years has been running. Mm -hmm. I've started running. I ran my first marathon. I've done a bunch nice. of halves. And so running has been a habit that has massively improved my life. Tell me something for you, belief, uh, behavior, habit. Uh, mindfulness. Okay. I mean, it's of course, you know, I run a float tank center. It's all about meditation, mindfulness, but the, one of the things I love, why I fell in love with the float tank, like I said, I didn't fall in love with it my first float. I actually had a, it was challenging for me the first time. Yeah. I didn't just go into that really deep meditative state, but I looked at it as a tool. You know, I heard the things that people were saying about it and I've always had a hard time, um, with, uh, you know, getting distracted and staying focused and all of these different things. And so the float tank helped me understand what it means to be mindful and, and how to practice meditation, because I wanted to have more control over my thoughts and my mind. Mm. And, um, it's funny because, uh, meditation, the concept of meditation felt really inaccessible to me. Like it felt frustrating and, you know, I probably just didn't have the understanding of what it really is because there's not, you're not really truly like clearing your head of all thoughts. It's not focusing on an individual thought and letting that affect you in the same way. You know, it's moving past that. So, um, after getting, you know, I've probably got 60, 80 floats under my belt. 
um, the float tank has showed me what it's like to be mindful. So I can be in a situation that's stressful or just be driving in the car and feel really anxious or stressed. You know, I am running a small business, so um, I can just stop and be present and clear my head and and take deep breaths and just be purely focused on the moment, which has really had a huge impact on just general happiness. Mm. You know, if you if you can stop that that moment of panic or stress or anxiety in its tracks by just doing a, a really simple like one minute mindfulness practice or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that can have a huge impact on just, you know, health and happiness. Oh, absolutely. And just simply from the fact of running a business, there's always going to be a fire. I tell you, I mean, it's just, there's something that's going to come up. And if you have this ability to pause and just sit for a moment and go, wait a minute, you know, just let myself breathe. A lot of times that fire will not seem as bad. I love that. That's a great one. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's really just it's really easy to just jump from one thing to the next and and I know a lot of entrepreneurs have that that like mindset that I just always have to be working and being effective uh but you you have to take care of your mind. It's it's almost like uh, athletes are not working out 24 seven. They're, they're taking recovery days. Mm. You know, you have to, and your mind works the same way. You have to give it some space to just catch up with your thoughts. Um, one thing I, I say about the float tank is, um, I'll go in there and I'll have things that are rattling around my head. And, and this could be a, you know, a way somebody impacted me. Like maybe I felt like I was wronged by somebody. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that, that idea will rattle around in your head for days, weeks, months. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed if I stop and I'm quiet for one hour in the float tank, Mm -hmm. I can get to the end of that thought. Mm -hmm. It's funny. You'll have these (laughs) thoughts and they will rattle around in your head because you never stopped to take the time to finish that thought. And, and generally the conclusion of that thought is really simple. It's like, well, they didn't intend for yeah. for that statement to impact me that way. Yeah. Their intention wasn't negative. So I shouldn't feel hurt by that. Or it could be uh, a marketing idea or whatever. I come up with the best ideas in the flow tank. And that's, that's another thing it's amazing for. It doesn't have to be this, I'm going to go in and zone out. It could be I'm going to go in here and I'm going to come up with 10 great ideas yeah. for marketing or whatever else. I really, I've been wanting to focus on entrepreneurs to get them into the float tank. Listen, they're the hardest people to get to stop <clears throat> and just be present. Yeah, I, I, I would 100% agree. And what I'll tell you is, uh, I, I, uh, I like to do, um, talks and, and, uh, speeches. <clears throat> and I actually sat in the tank and I, I literally went through an entire speech mm-hmm. and I, and I, as I, I came up with the idea and then I went to the next idea and then literally I built the speech while I was in the tank, just completely in my mind. It's one of my best. And I, I feel like I really enjoyed that one, but, but 
in terms of, of just the reflection, look, I'll tell every entrepreneur, if you don't, if you don't have a journal, if you're not reflecting on what's going on, you're missing a huge opportunity to grow. Uh, this is this, I, I do a journal every year and I do the bullet journal where I have literally the entire journal. I have what I call like my, uh, contents, table of contents. So I literally have it page numbered. I can go back and find exactly where that note is. That's cool. It's, but the bullet journal system, it's nothing new. It's just something that I saw on the internet from a buddy who told me about it. But this reflection is powerful. Right. Because sometimes you'll get in moments where you're like, like, man, like, how did this happen? And then when I go back and write about it, I'll realize when I go inward instead of outward, mm. like as entrepreneurs, sometimes we only want to focus outward. Right. We don't want to go inward. But when I go inward, I realize like, well, I, I blew this. I blew this opportunity. I did not train them properly. And you realize where you dropped the ball. And that is huge. That's growth. You know what I mean? That's growth. That's the difference. Okay, last question. This is this is the doozy, man. Now you pick number seven. So okay. these are the ten uh, questions that my my main man Gabe behind the camera came up with. And and uh, man, you got a good one. Okay. All right, brace yourself. All right. So this is the last question for our podcast here. Now this is deep. Now think about this. Would you prefer to lose all memories that you have right now? Uh huh. Right. And then you, you just start over, okay? Or never be able to make any new memories from this point. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, that's a really tough question. That's a tough one. He told me this this morning. I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, part of what I, I think about, so I just turned, I turned 39 two weeks ago. Oh, snap. And, Happy birthday. Uh, yeah. It's, it's so funny to me when people don't, uh, they don't like to talk about their age. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fact you can't change for That's one right. thing, but also I loved my thirties. Thirties yeah. were awesome. I was so much smarter, so much more intelligent. And you, you make all your mistakes in your twenties yeah. and you learn from them and you live a better life in your thirties. So it, those millennials, young entrepreneurs, I guess millennials are in yeah. their 30s now too. What is it? Yeah. Generation Z, like, don't be afraid of that. But um, so considering that, I think that I feel like as an optimist, uh, life's only going to get better. Mm. And so, and I hated high school. Yeah. I was a weird kid in a weird yeah. place. I was in the middle of nowhere. So, um, I've, I had a, I've had a great life up till yeah. now, but I would say, um, for, forget the past and look to the future, yeah. is, I think, is the only way to answer that for me. I like that. That's yeah. good. That's deep, man. I like that. <laughs> well, listen, Jeremy, this has been awesome. I think if, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, this is a podcast you need to hear. This is a podcast you need to know about. And so you need to hear this one and hear what Jeremy did to start his business. And I love the fact that you you had a business plan. You, you, the, you thought the biggest hurdle was money, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. boom, you got the money first bank, which uh, most entrepreneurs, trust me, that doesn't happen. So those entrepreneurs out there, realtors out there, please share this podcast. There is somebody that's going to hear that, that, that is going to learn something new. And so Jeremy, we really appreciate you being here. Tell everybody how they can find you and how they can set up a float. Because if you're hearing this, you need to float. So tell them how they can do that. Yeah. If you're not in San Antonio, find a float center. They're 
all over the country now. Every major city is going to have one. Uh, but we are, um, so we're here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, the website is floatsa, like sanantonio.com. Uh, you can book floats from there. We also do massage therapy and infrared sauna. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of why we're kind of going toward the idea of a wellness center. Smart. Uh, we're thinking about expanding right now. Our neighbor just moved out at our current spot, so we might be taking over a little bit okay. more space. So we'll see about that. Maybe I'll come back and talk to you about if that if that happens how that went because I'm I'm nervous about it honestly it's, yeah it's a little bit scary but either way yeah floatsa.com uh, you can book and uh, read all about what we do there yeah awesome and then uh, phone number if they call directly what's the the yeah, the two one zero five six two 3310 and you can yeah. yeah you can call and book appointments and as well book right there okay I'll be calling soon my man I need to get a float in my wife's out of town as soon as she gets back I need to make that happen right Jeremy thank you for being on TM3 Impact thank my you, man brother. congratulations that was fun man take care